It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. We reverence you. We give you the glory. You're worthy, Jesus. Of all glory, of all the honor, of all the praise. You're worthy, Jesus. You are. You're worthy, Master, of all the praise. We love you, Jesus. You are our everything. I just want to thank you. All the things you've done for me. I just want to thank you, Lord. You've been so good to me. You have been. Greetings, saints, once again. In the name of our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I'm Apostle Robert Bryant, pastor of the Christian Center Church, Kenston, North Carolina, USA. I'd like to welcome you all once again to another edition of Teaching the Word. Sound doctrine is brought to the ears of thousands of God's people all over the world. He's worthy. God is. He's worthy of all the praise. Yes, he is. Thank you. 
Amen. The Lord bless you, children of God. We greet each of you once again in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ. He is, in fact, worthy of all glory, all honor, and all praise. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know that we have been working on our most recent topic entitled, First Seek Counsel of the Lord. First Seek Counsel of the Lord. I don't know what you have planned, what you have in your heart, what uh, you are looking forward to, but I encourage you, child of God, under the sound of my voice, first seek counsel of the Lord. This one thing can help us eliminate a lot of unnecessary trials, and a lot of unnecessary uh, difficulties and hardships, just first seeking counsel of the Lord, finding out if what we in fact want to do is in line with God's good, pleasing, and perfect will. We looked at capital A in our outline, wisdom in a king. Very important for leaders to uh, operate in wisdom because they affect so many lives. It is good for leaders to operate with a spirit of wisdom. We looked at 1 Kings 22 and 5, 1 Samuel 30 and 8. Capital B, loved ones. It's important to uh Seek counsel of the Lord in regards to loved ones because sometimes because of our closeness with them, we can move um, based on feelings and based on emotions and not based on the uh, will of God. We look at Ezra 10 and 3, Matthew 10, 36, capital C, knowing and doing, knowing and doing. We looked at Luke chapter 12, verse 47, James chapter 4, verse 17, it's a good thing to know the will of God, but it's a better thing to do the will of God. I encourage you under the sound of my voice, let us all make an effort to do more of his will. We looked at capital D in our outline. How are you building? We understand that each one of us is building. Everything that our hands are set to do, we are building. Our marriages, we are building. Our relationships, our, our churches, we are building. Our uh, work on the job, everything that our hands are set to do, we are building. The question is how. We looked at Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12, and it brought us down to capital E in our outline, and we should finish this topic this evening, the Lord willing. Be sure it is him. Be sure. And we're talking about first seeking counsel of the Lord. We want to be sure it is him. We looked earlier today at Matthew chapter 14, verse 28, very powerful uh, subtopic. We thank God for everything he shared with us. And it's going to bring us on down to 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 7, prepare to be blessed this evening in the mighty name of Jesus Christ.
First Samuel chapter three and verse seven. First Samuel chapter three and verse seven from the New International Version of Scripture reads. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Once again, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 7. Now Samuel did not know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Capital E, be sure it's him. Let us pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we thank you again for another day, Father. We reverence you, we honor you, we laud and magnify your holy name. Father, it was you who woke us up today, who put food on our tables, clothes on our back. It was you that have provided for us, protected us. It's you, Father, that has saved us and has done all of these wonderful things. We thank you, Father. We thank you for sending your Son, your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to live, to bleed, to die as a substitute for our sins. We thank you, Father, that you raised him up from the dead, and we are trusting that as you raise Jesus from the dead, at the appointed time, you will raise us from the dead as well. We give you glory, honor, and praise. We pray, Father, that you will reveal your word to us, through us, and for us this evening, that we may better understand what it is all about to know you and to hearken unto your voice. We thank you in advance, Father, trusting that you're going to share something with us, your little children, that will be a blessing to us near and far. This is our prayer we count down in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen and amen. Be sure it is him. We saw earlier today, we looked at Peter. Matthew chapter 14, verse 28, the Lord had come walking out to Peter on water. Peter wasn't sure that it was the Lord because it was a different manifestation of the Lord than what he had been used to. I want to encourage you, get ready for God to do some different things in your life. But here we see Samuel, young Samuel, who had been ministering before the Lord. Now, God is dealing with me on this because what he's immediately saying to me is something that my grandfather shared with me as a young Christian. He said, son, you need to understand there's a lot of people that are lost in the house, meaning in the house of God, and they are still lost. You say, apostle, what are you driving at? The Bible says that the boy Samuel was ministering before the Lord, but then we fast forward to verse 7, and the scripture says that Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Ministering but didn't know the Lord. Lord, help us in Jesus' name. 
There are individuals that are ministering that still don't know the Lord. The boy Samuel, the Bible is clear. It's clear in the very in the very first verse. The scripture lets us know that he was ministering before the Lord. But then verse 7 come right back and tell us he did not yet know the Lord. My encouragement to you under the sound of my voice, get to know the Lord. Get to know the Lord. Get to know the Lord. Your ministry will do a lot better when you know the Lord. So the question becomes, what was he ministering then? if he didn't know the Lord. Well, what he was ministering, because we, we read and when we examine the Scripture and, and, and the Holy Spirit begins to reveal to us, he knew Eli. And he knew Eli knew the Lord. So his perception and his understanding of the Lord was based on Eli. Some of us in the, in the body of Christ, our perception of the Lord, our understanding of the Lord is based on what pastor has said, based on what apostle has said, based on... But God wants to reveal himself to you because your relationship with God is going to be different than pastor's relationship. Your relationship with God is going to be different than mommy's relationship, than daddy's relationship. God wants to reveal himself in you that his, that his unique will for you might be manifested. You're not going to be another your daddy. You're not going to be another your mama. You're not going to be another your pastor. You might have some characteristics that are similar, but you are a unique masterpiece in God's creation. And God, the work that God has for you, the ministry that God has for you, the call that God has for you on your life is going to be unique. You say, Apostle, how are you going to say he knew Eli? Well, when God called him, he ran to Eli. Now, this is, 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 is a beautiful thing, too. It's a beautiful thing. You say, Apostle, what you're driving at? Some of you all under the sound of my voice, you don't know, yet know the Lord. You, yet you like listening to Apostle Brian. You, you, you believe that Apostle Brian know the Lord. But I, I, I'm prophesying to some of you that you're going to know the Lord. You're going to know, and regardless of what, you're going to know the Lord. Now, here's the beautiful thing in Samuel running to Eli when God was calling him. Because somehow their voices must have sounded alike. In other words, what Eli had been saying to Samuel was very, very similar to what God was saying. My prayer for you under the sound of my voice, that may not yet know the Lord, that when God start talking to you, he's going to be sounding a whole lot like what I've been sharing with you. Eli, when God began to call Samuel. Samuel ran to Eli. There needs to be a closeness, a very, very, there needs to be a very, very closeness between your spiritual leader's voice and the voice of God. Very, very close. Need to be very, very, very close. Very, very close. Oh, we're about done tonight, children of God. Be sure. It is him. See, see, God, see, see, up until this point, Samuel had been running off what Eli said, what Eli taught, what Eli revealed. 
Now God is about to shift his gears. God, some of you all understand my voice. God is shifting your gears. You, you know he is. You know he is. It ain't so much what pastor has said or what apostle has said or what bishop has said or what, 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 what somebody done sent you through the mail. Some of you all are getting to know the voice of God for yourself, and that's a beautiful thing. That is why we labor like we do. That is why we, 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 we persist like we do, because some people get there sooner. Some people get there later, but my encouragement and my prayer and my joy for you is that you get there. Okay, we about done, children. The Bible says in verse 1, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak, that he could barely see, was laying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. Now, I think I'd share with you all some time ago when the Lord is flashing this in my spirit because, you know, the parable of the wise and the foolish virgins. Remember I shared with you that the lamp was life and that the oil was symbolic of the Holy Spirit. Well, here I'm seeing now how God is saying the what? The lamp of God, the life, Eli's life had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Now, now this is a beautiful thing, and, I, and I'm seeing some of you in the spirit in this, in, that, that, are, that, are, that are worshiping with us. I'm seeing some of you all in the spirit. Samuel stayed in such close proximity to where the happenings of God were going on that when it became his time, he was called. He won't out somewhere on a soccer field or whatever the sport they were playing. He won't down. He was, he was in, he was in the temple. See, you got to, in order to, God wants to see you and I around the things of God. This is why Jesus was compelled to remain in Jerusalem as a boy of 12 years old when his parents were off going back home. He was compelled. Jesus said, look, this is, this is where I like to be, around the things of God. See, when you love to be around the things of God, God's going to have some special revelation for you. God going to have some special talks, some, some special talks with you. He's going to have some special communications with you. He, this was a young boy. No, he wasn't out in the street, running up and down the street with the other Jewish boys. He wasn't doing what the average other Jew. He was around the temple. He was around where the men of God, the women of God, the things of God. He was around. He was around and he's around. And I'm hearing God speak that, that he that walks with the wise. Grows wide, but a companion of fools suffers harm. You in the right place, even if you don't know the voice of God yet, you in the right place up under the things and the word and the will of God. You in the right place. Samuel, Samuel was in the right place. The Bible says, then the Lord called to Samuel. Then, preached a sermon once years ago. The topic was then. There's some things that God is not going to bring your way and my way until then. Till we have put in enough time, we've put in enough energy, we've put in enough effort, we've put in enough prayer, we've 
put in enough fasting. We put in, God be saying, we be like, Lord, can, you, can we get it now? Can God be like, no, 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 not yet. So we put in some, keep putting in some, putting in some more. Lord, how about now? And God be like, no, 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 still not Until we get to the place, and God says, all right, then. We don't know how long the boy Samuel had been ministering before the Lord under Eli. God said, look, it's time for you to, to, to go beyond Eli's revelation of me. It's now time for you to step into your own revelation. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. Now, which is, which is you know, and what, what we're seeing here, because Samuel was a good servant, Shared this with you all time and time again. He was a good servant. He, see, he's thinking it's Eli. When Eli, see, see how you answer and respond to those that God has placed over you is oftentimes an indicator of, of your readiness to lead. Right, pastor call you, you don't hardly want to respond. Pastor asks you to do something you don't want to hardly do. You ain't ready, you ain't ready for nothing but some beating somewhere in life. You ain't ready. You ain't ready. Here I am. Now, Samuel is thinking that it's Eli. But what happens here, Eli was old. The lamp of the Lord had not yet gone out. So Samuel was used to being at Eli's beck and call. So when, the, when it came time for the shift to go from, because Eli soon dies, when it came time to go from the shift of being at Eli's beck and call to being at God's beck and call, Samuel was able to make the transition. See, some of y'all ain't ready. You ain't ready to leave nothing because you ain't even ready to listen to pastor. You ain't ready to leave nothing. You ain't even ready to listen to your husband. You ain't ready to leave nothing. You ain't ready to listen to your parents. You ain't ready. What's that commercial? Funny, it's a funny, very funny commercial to me, but it ain't nothing funny about it. What's that thing? Cheesy. The cheesy cracker. They'd be like, you know, in the cheesy cracker commercial, they'd be like, look, we don't, we don't serve no crackers. We, don't use, we only use mature cheese. <laughs> I love that commercial. It's the stupidest thing. I mean, it, it ain't funny in spiritual matters, but it's funny on TV. But that cheese in the cheesy commercial, it ain't mature. The man be like trying to talk to the cheese. The cheese be cracking jokes. Cheese, and he'll, he'll check, not ready. He'll, he'll check the cheese is not ready because they only, they only put use mature cheese in the cheesy cracker. Funny commercial. Lord knows that thing. I mean, I'd be like, look at this cheese, man. This cheese ain't, ain't serious at all. But when we talk about the things of the Spirit, talking about the things of God, that kind of stuff ain't funny. Here I am. And he ran to Eli. Time he said, look, I'm, I'm, I'm used to serving you well, Eli. God sent back saying, then you'll serve me well too. Good children, if there's no if there's no catastrophe, will make good parents. They keep if they keep on with it. They, good followers, good followers. If they if they keep on if they keep on with it at the appointed time, they'll make good leaders. Good servants, good servants. If they keep on, if there's no catastrophe, they'll make good masters. If there's no catastrophe, if there's no, because that's that's who you want. Good good students. If there's no catastrophe, they'll make good teachers. 
throughout the Bible. Most of the individuals that took over for somebody great, they were great servants of that individual. Samuel was a great servant of Eli. Joshua was a great servant to Moses. Joseph was a great servant to Potiphar. He was a great servant to Pharaoh. You can't be a great leader without being a great servant. You can forget that. You can't be a good teacher of something if you're not a good student of it. It's not possible. You can't be a great disseminator of knowledge if you're not a great retainer of knowledge. Can't do it. Lord called to Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am. You call me. And see, this is part of the problem as, as African-Americans with many of our young males. This is why so many of our young males back like food. They, they don't, many of them don't know how to submit properly to, to male authority. That's why a lot of them run right out and try to take a gun from a police, get shot in the chest, run right out. You know, I got one individual I know contact me from, from Atlanta just about every day talking about how off the hook, many of our many of our African American youths are out there breaking in and, and doing all kind of things, just disrespecting. One pours some hot coffee in a police's face and try to take his gun, and I think he got himself shot. And you know, just just see, see, Samuel, see, he was able to submit to God-ordained authority. You're not going to go far with God if you can't submit to God-ordained authority. Now, you might go real far with the devil. Oh, man, you might make some, you can make some inlays. You can't go real far with God if you can't submit to God-ordained authority. Because your rebellion to God-ordained authority, what you're going to find out when, when all the smoke has been cleared and all of the fat has been boiled away, you're going to find out at the end of the day that all it was was rebellion to God-authority. To God, it was a, it was a, you know, you thinking that, you know, it was, it was your parents. You were thinking that it was your father. You were thinking that it was your mother. You were thinking that it was your older brother. You were thinking that it was your employer. You were, but any authority, there is no authority that exists except that which God has established. Consequently, he who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. You rebelling against God's program. Children, you that don't want to hear what your parents got to say, you rebelling against God's program. Wives, you that don't want to hear what your husband got to say, you rebelling against God's program. Husbands that don't want to hear what the Lord got to say, you rebelling against God's program. Employees that don't want to hear what your employers got to say, you rebelling against God's program. Students don't want to hear what the teachers got to say. Teachers don't want to hear what the principals got to say. I find out a very amazing thing when you teach in school. The more obedient and harder I worked at listening at what my principal had to say, it was like, it was like, I was like, what is this? The harder my students looked like they was working to try to obey what I had to say. It was the strangest thing, strangest thing, strangest thing. Because my thing was as a teacher, look, what all what y'all talking about around here, I ain't thinking about that. What 
the, the principal say, Mr. I want to know what my principal, I won't call no name, Mr. Mr. Uh, principal, what do you say? Oh, well, Coach, you got the gym this weekend. Man, that's all I needed to know. Oh, man, it could be a wedding going on. There are all kind of people. I come in and run everybody out. Get out of here. The man done told me what to do. So as we learn, children of God, to submit to those. I tell you, that the, the, and God is flashing. God is flashing the, the, the centurion that had a sick servant. Remember? Jesus said, I, after he gave his answer, Jesus you know, was on his way, getting ready to do his thing, and the centurion came up to him and said, like, Master, I got a servant that's sick. Jesus like, I go to your house, I straighten him right up. I'm paraphrasing. The centurion was like, look, I don't deserve to have you come under my roof. He said, but I'm a man under authority. You know, I got those under me. I tell them, come and go. They come and go. I got those over me. Tell me, come and go. I come and go. He said, all that, he's like, Jesus, look, all I need, I know all you got to do is say the word. Jesus, said, I, Jesus was amazed. Jesus was astonished. She said, I have not found such great faith in all of Israel. That meant, Pete, all you, all you that's walking with me right tight, and y'all ain't got this, but here go this character here from, from wherever he got it. Jesus saying to Peter, Peter and them was in Israel. Can you imagine Peter and James and John and all them walking? Jesus, Jesus, look, I ain't found, and I can see him looking like the, here's the centurion on his right. Here go his disciples on his left. And after the, the, the centurion say that right there, Jesus looked over and said, I haven't seen such great faith in all Israel. And looked right over at his boy, at his crew. All them was from Israel. Follow instruction. Simple. Come on, Saints. We're going to finish this on up. Samuel answered, here I am. He ran to Eli. But Eli said, I didn't call. Go back, lie down. Look at that. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. Samuel got up, went to Eli. and said, here I am. You called me. My son, Eli, said, I didn't call you. Go back. Lay down. I'm saying, I'm going in and go to sleep now. He's keeping all this noise in the night. Now, Samuel, now here, now here, now here's, here's our explanation now. Now, 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 we saw two key words. We saw then and we saw now. Now is, is, is another powerful word. Then is a powerful word. Because then is an indicator that, of change, indicator that, that, that status, that position has changed. But now is, an, is a word that, you know, can also reflect change, but it can also reflect a present state that does not remain a permanent one. Now, well, now I'm a certain age. Next year this time, I won't be this, this age. Now, these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest now indicates that, that, that some things is going on now that may not have been like that in the past, and they may not be like that in the future. Now I can walk. Well, there was a time in my life when I couldn't walk. Mama said I walked when I was eight months old. That meant at six months, I was falling all over some stuff. Three months, didn't have a clue. Seven months, two weeks, all over the floor, bumping head. That eight months, you, you took off and start walking. Right, so there was a point that now I can walk. Well, 
if I mess around and live, uh, uh, you know, uh, another 100 years, may, may come a time, or 50 years or whatever, may come a time I'm, I might not be able. So now indicates that there's a present tense. It may not have been like that in the past, and it may not be like that in the future, but it's like that now, and this is where we are. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Well, we know that's not his future because Samuel became one of the greatest prophets that Israel knew. God be talking to him all kind of plain stuff, telling him all kind of stuff that was going to go on, that was going on, that was going to go on in the future, hey, all kind of stuff. But now we're dealing with the now. At this stage and at this place in Samuel's life, he didn't know the Lord. That, 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 that means it's not like he was an unbeliever. What this is more or less saying is that his level of revelation of God was not where it was going to be. There's some of you all under the, under the sound of my voice. You, 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 you say, don't get me wrong, like Paul when he talked to the Corinthian saints in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul said, you brothers. He said, but, you know, you, you sure doing a lot of carnal stuff. Paul said, I can't talk to you like spiritual, but like carnal. Mere infants in Christ. So it's one thing to, to know the Lord, to have that revelation. And we praise God for each of you that have that revelation. Have you a brother, you say, amen, amen, amen. But we want to go higher in this thing. We want deeper levels of revelation. And that is what staying up under the word of God will do for you. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed. And remember, revealed, when something is revealed, it's something that's disclosed that wasn't previously known. He didn't know. He knew when God, he knew, he believed that God was talking to Eli, and he, you know, he believed what Eli was saying. But now he know when God, he's getting ready to move to a place where he know when God is talking to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you call me. Then Eli, see, look at this. See, here is now, now what Eli is recognizing, because when, when people start knowing God's voice in himself, your interaction with them will have to change. It's just like your children. There's something wrong with you if you're treating your children the same way at two that you did when they get 22. Something wrong with you as a parent. As a leader, you've got to be able to discern when people have grown, when people have matured, when people have changed. Because after all, that's what your ministry is supposed to be about. Any good leader in the kingdom of God relishes when one of the saints is saying maturity and when God's people are now able to hear more from God, deeper things from God even than what they're hearing from you. Eli wasn't threatened. He realized. The Bible says then Eli, what? Realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, 
Lord, for your servant is listening. And when Samuel did that, God began to reveal some things to Samuel that was at an even deep, different, deeper level than what had been revealed to Eli. As a leader, something is wrong with you if you don't want God's, the people that God has placed in your care to go higher and further than you. Something wrong with you. See, that's the, that's the Saul spirit. That was the problem Saul had. Remember when they, when they were coming back from war and the slave girls were singing? Saul had slain his thousands and David his what? Tens of thousands? The Bible says this refrain galled him. He started watching David with, a, with, with an evil eye. Well, see, something wrong with you. Because as a teacher, the greater your students do is, is more shine in your cap, more feather in your cap. What would I look like as a, as a coach not wanting my players to excel? What kind of crazy? And we are working for the same team. As a coach, the better you play, the better that makes me look as a coach. As a worker, as a, as a supervisor, the better you are as a worker, the better that makes me look as a supervisor. As a pastor, the further you grow and the higher you go, the better that makes me look as, as, you, as a congregation member, the better that makes me look as a pastor. You know, I, and the Lord is flashing something in my spirit where the Lord had to kind of deal with me on something very similar to this. When I was teaching health and physical education, what I used to do, I would run with my, my classes. We'd run a mile and a half every day. And I would be the leader of what was called A group. We did 15-minute walk run. A group had to do 30 laps in 15 minutes, which was a mile and a half. B group did anywhere from between 25 and 30. The C group did anything between 20 and 25. The D group did anything from 15 up to 20. And if you couldn't get 15 laps in 30 minutes, I had to give you an F. Unless something was, you know, seriously, seriously wrong with you. Well, you know, as we got in condition, my thing was I'm running 30 laps. I had made a decision that I'm going to run 30 laps, a mile and a half a day. That was it. I was old. I was in my 30s and different things. But my students were 14, 15, 16. Hey, young boys full of energy, full of energy, full of energy drink. And uh, what I would make them do is stay behind me in the A group, and we would just run. For the 15 minutes, continuously, we'd run, we'd run. They had to stay behind me. Everybody was in, we was in a straight line. Then I had a leader of the B group, leader of the C group, leader of the D group, and you had to stay behind your leader. Well, after a while, some of them boys, they were playing sports. Some of them were on the soccer team. Some of them were on all kind of sports team. Kids was in great shape. They were like, Coach, we want to.
testing. All right, Saints, we had a technical difficulty. What I was sharing is that I would keep the A group behind me. Some of the young men came up to me and said, Coach, we want to go, uh, we want to run more than, than 30 laps. Well, you know, because 30 laps was my limit and what I felt like as far as I wanted to go, you know, I had to give the freedom to those young men to do what their limit or, or reach their potential so, and, and ended up turning it into a contest. Put a big signboard outside the gymnasium and had each period who was the whoever could get the most laps and it turned into a contest and then to see who would uh, uh, who would go the furthest. You say, Apostle, what, what are you driving at? As leaders, our job, one of our jobs is to try to help those that we've been entrusted to lead to reach higher heights than we did. If you just got a high school diploma, that encourage your children to go to college. If you just got a bachelor's degree, encourage your children to get a master's. You encourage succeeding generations to go even further and farther. And that's what Eli does. Eli said, go and hear. Go and hear. Don't just sit here and listen to me. Go ahead on and get and hear what God has got to say to you. Because what God ended up revealing to Samuel was some things that Eli didn't even, hadn't even received yet. Some prophecies that Eli hadn't even received yet. As you'll find that out as you go a little bit further on in the story. But the Bible says, he told him, he said, go and lay down. And if he calls, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Now, now, understand this. And God is dealing with me on this right now. Part of a leader's responsibility is to help followers to be able to hear God for themselves. Eli said, look, it ain't all about hearing me all the time. Because God has got some things that what? He wants to say to you. God has got some things he wants to say through you. God has got some things he wants to say for you. He said, go, go, lay down. Eli is teaching Samuel how to hear the voice of God. Now, you don't hear a whole lot of that being preached and taught in a whole lot of places today. When that is one of our main responsibilities as pastors, elders, overseers, bishops, apostles, be able to teach God's people how to hear God. How to hear God. Now, the only way you can teach somebody how to hear God is that you have heard God and you have learned how to hear God. Eli gives him specific things, specific way to talk to God, specific way to receive from God. Eli does him a, does him a great favor. Because if you don't have anybody can teach that that can teach you how to hear from God, you liable to keep right on doing any kind of thing. You need to you need to be taught how to discern the difference between God and other voices. Well, one of the ways you can discern when it's God talking, He's always going to tell you right. That's one thing about God; He's never going to tell you wrong. Men might, women might, the employer, the employee, but God is always going to tell you what's right. Let's get ready to close out on that. Tell him to speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went, laid down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel. We're not going to go into what the Lord said to Samuel, but the Lord said to Samuel. 
Samuel had moved and shifted from just hearing the voice of the Lord through Eli to being able to hear the voice of the Lord through the Lord or from the Lord. And that's a beautiful thing. That's a, that's a major step in Christian maturity. Jesus' sheep know his voice. If you don't get to know any other voice in your lifetime, you need to know the voice of God. Now, and when you know the voice of God, you know the voice of the devil. Because it's going to be just the opposite. It's when you don't know the voice of God that you really don't know the voice of the devil. It kind of works in, in conjunction with, with itself. When you know a whole lot of God's word, you know a whole lot of the devil's word. When you don't know a whole lot of God's word, you don't know a whole lot of the devil's word, even though you be doing a whole lot of the devil's word. But you don't know it because you don't know what God said. You don't want to know whether God said do this or do that or do the other thing. But when you know, when you know, this is now, and here's the thing, children of God, because God wants us to know. God wants us, God said, Robert, I want you not only to know my voice, I want you to know the devil's voice. Because that's who the devil preys on. Folk that don't know. Folk that don't know one of the devil love. Is that one of the greatest lies the devil has ever told humanity is that he don't exist? The devil be telling people, know he real, and be telling people, you know, the devil ain't real, don't you? Folk be like, yeah, of course, the devil can't be real. And the devil be like, that's right, he's not real. And he's the one telling you that. Remember, he's a liar and the father of all lies. If it's a lie, it can be traced back to the devil. Whatever the lie is. Whatever the lie is, it can be traced back. You're wondering, why, why did you tell me that lie? Why did they tell me that lie? They listened to the devil and they spoke it. So, children of God, knowing what God has said, uh, is the only way that you and I are going to be able to see what's really going on. It's the only way. It's the only way. We and until then, you know, you know, Satan has got blinders on us. Until we know what God has said, then we effectively take our blinders on off. It's one thing people put you in blindfold and say, look, don't you touch that blindfold. Well, see, now you don't know what's going on. They can be doing all kinds of things, robbing your house. They can be doing all kinds of things. But if you if they you put the, they put the blindfold on and you say, look, man, I'm taking this blindfold off. You take it off. Now you enter into a whole different, whole different realm. Samuel. He didn't know the word of the Lord. It had not yet been revealed to him. So Samuel, you know, he didn't know whether that was, he didn't know what was really, but when the Lord spoke to him, God says, and I'm just going to give verse 11, the Lord said to Samuel, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears of it tingle. And one of the first prophecies that was given to Samuel was about Eli. You know? 
Eli had some sons that won't that won't quite won't do him right. Eli didn't discipline him quite like he was supposed to. And God said, Well then if I see and this is the thing you gotta understand, as parents, if if you won't discipline your children like you're supposed to, then God's gonna have to discipline you. Eli had some sons. These boys was off the hook. They was off the proverbial hook. Oh, they were having sex with the girls that served at the entrance of the tent of meeting. They was the, the, the meat that was being cooked for the Lord that was only supposed to be for the Lord. They were going in, forcing people to give them a slice, give me a cut, let me eat some. They'd be like, don't eat this meat. Give me, you better give me that meat. The Eli's boys were bullies. They was off the hook. And Eli didn't discipline them. So God ended up having to discipline Eli. See, so that's what so you say, Apostle, what you're trying to get me to understand. Discipline your kids so God ain't got to whoop your hind part. I'd rather whoop his hind part than God whoop mine. Uh-oh. Better for you, parent, to whoop them children's hind part than for God to have to whoop your hind part. Because then God going to have to whoop your hind part for not whooping their hind part. Then they're going to have to whoop their hind part for them not listening to you. God going to say, I got to whoop everybody. Look, Lord, I'm like, Lord, somebody, look, I, let me get my hind part out of this. Let me get the whooping of my hind part out of this. Let me say that again slow. Some of y'all didn't get it. Some of y'all didn't get it. If you don't discipline your children as a parent, which is what God has instructed parents to do, then what happens, God is going to have to whoop your hind part because you didn't follow his instruction. And see, that's another thing that's happening in our country now. A lot of parents is getting their hind part whooped because they don't want to whoop children's hind part. Mess around and listen at these, some of these crazy, crazy uh, leaders and different things. And so now God is tearing up parents' hind parts in this country. Now, you don't discipline your children. God got to whoop your hind part for not whooping his hind part or for not disciplining him. Then God got to whoop that child for them not being uh, obedient to you. So both our hind parts got to get whooped now. Well, there's a way out for you, my brother or my sister. Discipline that child. See, now if he don't, he or she don't want to do like they supposed to do. Let them go head on and let God finish whooping their hind part. You can spy your own hind part. I might have to preach a sermon called "Spy Your Own Duke." Spy Your Own Duke. <laughs> spy Your Own Duke. Eli gets, you go ahead on, children of God, and finish reading. Look, look at what it's saying. Listen to what it's saying. Verse 12. At that time, God says, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons made themselves contemptible, and he failed to restrain them. God said, all right, you ain't going to restrain them. God said, I'm going to beat you then. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Samuel lay down till morning, then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision. I understand that because a lot of times God be telling me stuff. I be scared to tell folks. Sometimes I don't. But sometimes I be seeing stuff some of y'all be doing. Y'all keep right on coming up with crazy excuses. Why not to do what God say? Keep right on, and God be saying, "Tell our God be like, look, I'm getting ready to, I'm getting ready to get him, I'm getting ready to get her." I be like, "Lord, come on, God be like, ain't no come on nothing." Hey, y'all out there, keep right on explaining something crazy. You know the Lord done convicted you about doing something. You know the Lord done told you to do something, and you keep right on doing something crazy. And Lord be like, hey, "I'm gonna get him." 
tell them. I'd be like, Lord, Samuel, what? He was afraid to tell Eli the vision. But, you know, Eli kept pressing on him. Come on, tell me now. Go on, tell me, tell me. And Samuel went on and, and told him. Eventually went on and told him. Samuel said, don't hide it. I mean, Eli said, don't hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely. If you hide anything, tell it now. God told him, said, you better tell me. What did the Lord say? What did the Lord say? And Samuel said, all right. He was not going to get you then for not dealing with them crazy boy. Oh, Samuel, Eli was like, okay, that's right. I know that's right. <laughs> I know that's right. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, again, we thank you this evening, Father, for everything you have shared with us and everything you have revealed to us. We appreciate you so much. We reverence you. Father, again, forgive us of our sins and iniquities which we have grievously committed against you. We ask, Father, that you continue to lead and guide us into your path of righteousness for your name's sake. Father, we have not yet obtained it all yet. We have not yet been made perfect, but Father, we are pressing on in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus has taken hold of us. Uh, thank you, Father, for uh, this anointed topic on seeking first seeking counsel of the Lord, and I pray, Father, for everyone under the sound of my voice and all of your people in the four corners of the earth, that each one of us will uh, do a better job of first seeking counsel of you before we... Uh, make any moves or make any plans, let us first hear uh, from you and move in accordance with your good, pleasing, and perfect will. Uh, this is our prayer, Father. We count it done in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen and amen. Three questions, saints, here. We've got, um, all right, what's one here? Uh, I'm not quite understanding that. What is that? Oh, I'm not quite getting that. Let me see. Let me think. Yeah, yeah. Go on and y'all work on that. Um, all right, number one. Let's get this one here until we get that question together, until we get it just like it's supposed to be. Uh what was the significance of Samuel ministering before the Lord, but then verse 7 telling us he did not yet know the Lord? What, how does that relate to, to what's going on in some instances today? How does that relate to what's going on in some instances today? Why do you, and then question two, why do you suppose Samuel ran to Eli when the Lord was calling him? Why do you suppose young Samuel ran to Eli when the Lord was calling him? And then number three, why did Samuel stop running to Eli when the Lord was calling him? Why did Samuel stop running to Eli when the Lord was calling him? These questions are going to take a little thought.
Saints, you can reach us through email at thechristensearnchurch at gmail.com. Check out our website at www.church.com backslash member backslash t backslash tccc. Feel free to join us on TalkShoe, Spreecast, YouTube, and iTunes at 9 a.m. 7 p.m. daily. On TalkShoe, call 724-444-7444 and try D17959. On Spreecast, type in Robert Bryan on YouTube and the Christmas Our Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryan on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our TalkShoe homepage. God bless you and heaven smile you in Jesus' name, amen. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.